0: You may not have got it, there actually in this story, you may not have got it, there are three people that are out on a limb in this story. And I just thought I'd uh, say something that I hope brings it home a little bit more for the grown-ups as well as uh, for the younger ones. But obviously, the problem was that the first one out on a limb was, of course, the foolish monkey. He had been warned many times of the silly situation he'd put himself in. He was told to acknowledge. He got it wrong. He was in danger. He was told to stop, turn around, change his mind, and move again. And the Bible is a word for that, and it's a very short word, and it is the word repent. It means to change your mind quite simply. And unfortunately, the monkey realized too late what he had to do. But actually, the word repent is quite an old word in the Bible, and it is a Greek word that comes from the military. And it means literally this, it means about turn. Now, those of you who have been in the military uh, will realize that this is a command given on the drill square, or even in the battlefield if necessary, uh, to try and ensure that the soldiers respond quickly and obey and work together as a team. I'm going to show you how to do an about-turn. My apologies to anyone who ever was a drill sergeant or in the infantry and the army and understands this far better than I, as a mere educator, would understand. I was never any good at drill. But, uh, drill is quite important if you're going to get into the discipline of it. And one of the important commands is to form an about-turn. Now, about-turn is done like this. You're marching a particular direction, and you're going that way. And what you have to do is stop, change direction, and go back the opposite direction. Now, I'm going to show you how the drill sergeants would try and explain this. They're going to do it in slow motion for you. So you're, you're on the march, and they call about, turn, you stamp your feet, stop, don't go any further, and then you have to do the next thing, which is the tricky bit, swivel around through 180 degrees, I'm going to fall over here. And uh, then you bring your feet together again with a bit of a thump and suddenly you've changed direction. You've made an about turn. You're no longer going over the edge of a cliff or off the end of a drill square. You're suddenly going the right direction. And then with the right foot, you move forward and off you go. Very simple. Okay, full marks if you can practice that at home. That is the about turn because it is a command that is given, and the word about turn is repent. So there's several aspects to it. And the whole thing about this is quite simple, that we in our lives are heading into danger. And the thing that we need to recognize is the direction we are currently going is a direction that's driving us. And if you want to look at the little diagram at the background, driving us in the direction of sin. We're following our own selfish ideas, just like monkey. We're doing what we think's best, but we're not listening to what God says to us. And we need to recognize that we have got sin. It's like a, it's like a bias inside our hearts that's pulling us the wrong direction. I'm not going to ask older folk to put their hands up and tell us that they have indulged in the elderly sport of bowling. I think the average age of most bowling teams is well over 50. But anyhow, the thing with a bowl is it looks like an ordinary black heavy ball, but inside it, in the heart of it, is a lump of lead in a circular form. And that lead is placed slightly to one side. So when you throw the ball, it doesn't go straight. It spins off to one side. That is what the human heart is like. Sin is in there, and it pulls us off the wrong direction away from God. Sin spoils our lives. It's ruining our world. It's ruining our hearts. The lies, the cheating, the stealing, the the fraud, the immorality, all these things are that little bias of sin that we have in our hearts that we need to change direction from. It stains our lives. Look at the pleasant world we once had. And now we've got all sorts of issues with climate change and everything. But it's worse in our own lives. As we grow older and we follow the way of sin, it corrupts and stains them. But worse, worse, worse than that, sin separates. Sin separates people from people. Husbands don't love their wives. Wives don't love their husbands. Children don't love their parents. But worse... We have been separated from God by sin. And we have lost that contact. Well, let me explain how this works. Suppose I take a little cloth here, a red cloth, and I'm going to ask that this represents sin. Suppose I take my hand here and ask that this represents you and me this is us, this is people, this is you and me. Suppose I take this hand and this hand represents God. Okay, so sin pulls us apart. We no longer enjoy each other's company because we have fallen and we've made ourselves filthy. If I was to offer you a lovely sweet you might take it off me. If I was to put my hand deep into a sewer and then pick that sweet up, would you take it off me? I doubt it. Because it's stained and soiled. And that's what God sees with sin. And this sin has something that we have taken hold of. We won't let go of it. And it covers every aspect of our lives. God loves us, but he cannot stand our sin and we won't let go of it. And God says this, that when you work you get wages, and in the Bible it tells us the wages of sin is death. God has got to get rid of sin. He must punish it. But if he punishes that sin, why, he's going to punish me and you. I can't bear that. I can't take that. So that's the impact of sin that we need to repent from. But let me change my hands around a bit. Suppose let this hand represent Jesus. How much sin is there in his hand? Why, none whatsoever. But there's plenty in mine. The second person in this story that went out on a limb was Jesus. The limb is a branch of a cross. Interestingly, before David was born, before uh, before Jesus was born, he was called the Branch of David. And Jesus went out on a limb where they took that wood and formed it into the shape of a cross, the wood. And what Jesus did on that cross is that as they nailed him there, that was the physical punishment. Thousands had suffered that. But there was something going on at the same time that very few people could see as he was placed on that limb, on that cross. What was happening was this. Jesus started by saying this, my God, why have you forsaken me? And at that moment, the clouds came over and blotted out. You couldn't see the sun. It went dark because... God was telling everybody he had turned his face on his only son. Because what Jesus was about to do was to take my sin and your sin onto his clean hands and life. And then God, in his power, brought down his anger for sin. And for three hours, Jesus took that punishment. At the end, Jesus said, it is finished it's gone I have taken their sin all of this world's sin it's amazing what he has done I stand amazed at the presence but it goes on a little bit further because the wages of sin it says is death but the gift of God is eternal life what do you do with a gift you take it. You need to receive it. You therefore need to receive Jesus into your life. It's not automatic. You need to do the about turn and turn from the direction of sin and turn to Jesus. The third person in this story, well, there are actually four if you think of it. There's the prodigal son who said, I will say, Father, I have sinned. We need to turn and the other word that we discover that repent means is found in one of the Psalms which says this, I will be sorry for my sin. Repent means we're sorry and turn away from it and never want to touch it again. And so God has taken our sin, placed it on Jesus. If you come to Jesus, there's nowhere else to go. You will find that he Gives you forgiveness. He will hear your sorry if you own up. It says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just. Why? Because He will forgive us our sins. Do you know what it's like to be forgiven? Have you got it in your heart? Have you received Jesus into your heart? I sincerely hope you have. But if you haven't, you can still do so by repenting, by turning away, kneeling before God and saying, Sorry. For my sin, and asking Jesus to cleanse you from it and come into your life and live his life through you. That is what he offers to every man, woman, boy, and girl in this room and throughout this planet because he has taken it all. I'm going to just say a prayer and then we're going to stand and we're going to sing two hymns, one after the other, and one asks this of Jesus. Take my life and let it be yours. And we're going to sing that, and I trust that you mean that. And then we're going to ask that the Lord would reign in us and guide us and be our Lord through life's uh, journey to its end. Let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we come to you, and thank you, Jesus, for taking my sin. Thank you that you took all the wickedness of me and of my friends and of this world. I am sorry for my sin. I ask that you would forgive and pardon me. Thank you for dying for me, for taking it all on that cross, on the limb of that tree. And as Zacchaeus did, came to go on the limb, so may I come out and reach to you in humble repentance, and ask, Lord, come into my heart, come in today, come in to stay, into my life, Lord Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.